Hello and welcome to Mindful Nurture Podcast, the podcast about conscious parenting. Since this is the first episode of Mindful Nurture Podcast, I was thinking a long time what I was going to talk about. And out of all ideas that came to me, the one I felt very strongly about was this idea of zero-waste parenting. It's a topic I personally find very intriguing. When I first heard about zero-waste movement, I thought it was something reserved for people who live off-grid, who are very ambitious about changing their lifestyle completely, and not something that is fit for everyone. But after some time, I met people who were truly making an effort to try to live in this way, and many of my friends adapted many practices of this movement. So to begin with, I'll start by explaining what Zero Waste Movement is all about. So Zero Waste Movement started about 10 years ago as a grassroots effort to live a lifestyle which reduces the waste in household. Now, I'm sure many of us are doing our effort to recycle, to buy more environmentally friendly products, but Zero Waste Movement takes it to the next level, or several levels, depending how you look at it. Their aim is to introduce a change in lifestyle, to generally reduce the consumption, and to choose ecological alternatives whenever possible. It is not really possible to go completely zero waste, not unless you still want to participate in modern life. However, you can make significant changes to the amount of waste you produce and decrease the carbon footprint at the same time. So how is it possible to maintain such a lifestyle with a baby or with a young child? To learn more, I contacted my friend Ellie, a mom of two boys and a practitioner of zero waste. Unfortunately, she wasn't able to join me in the session today, but I'll try to make the best of the notes and conversations we've had. So the first thing I asked her was, how did she consider this lifestyle in the first place? And how did her life change once she started to implement these practices in her routine? She told me that it was just natural for her to try to find greener alternatives to the mountains of plastics she ended up throwing in the garbage. Only a fraction of trash we throw in the recycling bins actually gets recycled. Only 9% of total plastics gets recycled, even when it's properly thrown in the recycle bin. The majority still ends up in a landfill. So for Ellie, especially after she had a child, the idea of leaving the world full of garbage to her kids left her with a strong sense of duty to change things as much as she could. Her journey into zero waste started around four years ago, when she wanted to try out the Plastic Free July Challenge and found it a lot easier than she originally thought. One step led to the next, and she found herself browsing for ways to make her lifestyle even more sustainable. Ellie says her zero-waste lifestyle majorly affected her daily routine. It definitely requires discipline, she says, as I don't want to rely on convenience stores for my every need. Ellie doesn't leave her house without her backpack filled with things that allow her to live waste-free. So in her backpack, you can always find a collapsible coffee cup, a water bottle for herself and the kids, stainless steel straws, a tote bag, cloth napkins, and homemade snacks. Going shopping especially requires some planning, as she sometimes needs to take her containers with her to fill them up. Ellie says she feels blessed to live in Toronto, where there are so many great stores to shop which support her low-waste lifestyle. She loves unboxed market and pretty clean shop, 
where she gets all local products for household and personal care, in bulk or refills. She says some people go as far as to make their own cosmetics or cleaning supplies, but she doesn't have time for this. Still, on special occasions, she treats herself at Lush, waste-free. My second question was about what can parents do when expecting a child to minimize waste and maybe to try to lead a more green and sustainable lifestyle. We talked about how many parents try to choose greener options by buying organic clothes or food for their kids, but the effect of that is very low on the well-being of the kids and the cost a lot higher for parents. At the same time, the pollution such lifestyle creates remains almost the same as conventional. Many parents aren't aware that organically grown cotton or food have much lower yields than that of grown of food grown conventionally, and the supply, supply chain causing pollution usually remains unchanged. So the first practical advice Ellie gave me is don't buy so much clothes. Young parents often go overboard when shopping for a newborn because the clothes are so tiny and cute. In reality, a baby may only wear it just a few times before they outgrow it, and there is no reason to buy too much or spend a fortune on it. She says that there is definitely no reason to own three pairs of sneakers or shoes for every outfit of your child. Ellie says the best way is to buy less, use hand-me-downs if you can, and give your clothes away after the baby outgrows it. Buy second-hand if you can, since there are so many items in nearly mint condition at second-hand stores at the fraction of the cost and it's so much more environmentally friendly. The same goes for toys. Try to keep books and toys at a minimum in your house and circle them among friends for variety. She says there are so many great brands, if you can afford them, that make use of eco-friendly materials. Try to avoid plastics as much as you can. Always donate your toys after the kids outgrow them. Also, make use of excellent drop-in programs in Toronto where you can bring your child to play for free and many locations have completely different toys so your child will never get bored. When it comes to presents, one change you can do is ask your friends and relatives for experiential presents instead of toys, such as museum memberships or aquarium passes. You can even ask for free babysitting instead of gifts. In that way, everyone wins. Ellie adds that most of the baby gear you end up not using or you end up using it for very short amounts of time, so it's not even worth buying. The next question I had for Ellie was, what did she do when it comes to feeding her kids? How did she handle that when they were growing up? And she says, that's usually the easiest part of being a zero-waste parent. When you have a newborn, breastfeeding is the way to go. It's free, natural, and practical. There is no need to buy or wash bottles or baby food. When the baby weans and starts eating solids, it just requires a little bit more planning. The same is for adults. And with both kids, she practiced baby-led weaning, which means she never bought baby food. They all ate exactly the same food as a family. She cooks daily and buys the majority of her food at farmer's market with no packaging and goes to bulk stores to fill in jars with kitchen staples. Ellie says it makes her happy when she goes to a regular supermarket and sees that people are putting their produce in the cart without plastic bags that are so unnecessary and wasteful. She says the change is definitely out there as the awareness 
has been growing. Even the big brands cannot ignore what has been going on. She's especially happy to live in a neighborhood with so many great stores that sell food in bulk. The last big topic we tackled was diapering. Now this is a big one. On average, a baby wearing disposable diapers creates a ton of garbage over the course of two years. This is also an issue because disposable diapers are often treated with toxic chemicals, which can have a long-term effect on children's health. They're also very expensive. The easy solution is to use cloth diapers and reusable washable baby wipes. The reusable diapers available in the market today are not any more complicated to use than disposables, and they have many benefits. Children who use them suffer less irritation and are easier to potty train. As I've personally tried cloth diapers with my daughter, this was a topic I didn't need much convincing about. However, I did point out to Ellie that unfortunately, this is not an option for everyone. We practiced cloth diapering until we moved to Canada, where not every apartment has a washer and winters are too harsh to make use of drying laundry on the balcony. Sometimes it's not even allowed to do so. Ellie agreed with me completely and said that the point is to do as much as we can. Although the movement is often associated with middle to upper class women, the practices it promotes are usually drawn from either the past, the lifestyle our grandmas used to lead, or from places in the world where people live with much less because they simply cannot afford more. Ellie points out that a lot of the practices of zero waste movement indeed come from a place of privilege. But even if you're not privileged, many times you still have a choice. Also, Many privileged people have not made use of that privilege. Well, yes, it is true that for many people out there, this seems like a trendy thing rich people do. It is not really true. Ellie says, I personally know many parents who cannot even afford to shop at a farmer's market. For many, even fresh produce is out of reach. Ironically, most of these people already live a much more eco-friendly lifestyle simply because they cannot afford more. I think the message is more oriented towards the trend in the culture to consume more and to buy more. Ellie says that it is popular to be a product junkie nowadays. There are people who build careers out of excessive shopping on YouTube. We want to turn that trend around and show people they don't need to have as much to be happy. I'm not embarrassed to say that my son wears a snowsuit worn by three children before him. Things don't need to be shiny and new, she says. It's also not about the luxury items by fancy green brands. Yes, many green brands emerged and are trying to capitalize on the trend. Ellie believes that many products that are now considered luxury items will become a standard, such as recycled clothing or bamboo toothbrushes or food wrapping wax paper. With the increase of demand, the prices will fall and be within the reach of majority. It's about living a minimalist lifestyle within our means, which sets us free from rampant consumerism. It's about being a conscious consumer and a conscious parent, thinking about the state of the world our children will inherit. I hope you learned something new from this podcast and maybe got inspired by it. If you liked it, don't forget to subscribe and share with your loved ones who may be interested. Enjoy your day and join us next time in the next episode of Mindful Nurture Podcast.